Welcome! I'm Yuan Nielsen. And I'm Lincoln Murphy. And this is Impact Weekly. We're here to help you make your customers successful. Each week, we answer your most pressing customer success management questions by relying on our years of experience with companies around the world. Let's get this going. everyone, welcome back to another Impact Weekly. This is the sequel to the 2024 trend episode. We started last week, so if you haven't heard those trends, make sure to listen in to the uh, previous week's episode. And now we will continue with some more trends that we see will happen in customer success coming in uh, the next year. Now let's go. Another thing that's been around for a while, but maybe we should talk about that. Uh, I know it's a buzzword. Some people are doing this a lot. Some people are looking at it. Uh, so I think we should bring it up. And it's this product-led growth uh, motion uh, that's that's been been discussed for many years uh, now. But where do we stand there? And where is that going? Yeah, I think I feel product-led growth had a resurgence in 2023. There was some M&A activity around some PLG companies like Atlassian bought Loom, for example. Right. And you just see there's some, so there was some movement there so that it became moved to the front again. And PLG, like you said, has been around for a long time. But the thing that always happens when PLG becomes a, a topic of conversation mm. is that people have a miss understanding of what PLG is. So we talk about PLG, product-led growth. Okay. Yeah. The idea is, at least in theory, that the product is everything that really matters. It, it's going to help you acquire the customer. Mm. It's going to make the customer successful. It's going mm. to get the customer to spread the word, which mm. is going to bring in more customers and it's magic. Yeah. It is not. And What's very, and actually the interesting thing is it's so easy to fact check that if you simply, if you just look just right under the surface, you will mm-hmm. see that the most successful PLG companies are built on usually very large customer success management operations. And the way, the reason is PLG as a sales motion or as a go-to-market motion Mm. or whatever is that it's effective product first get the customer to so you you buy some ads or you use some virality Mm. get people into the product first and they start using Mm. it that's great and that is efficient but that is usually not enough to ensure that customers are successful Mm. and so at least for some cohort of customers for whom an appropriate experience is still i need somebody to guide me or i need additional help I need additional help understanding what mm. goals I should, at what goals could I focus on that this product could actually help me with beyond yep. maybe that initial goal that I had. And yep. these companies have customer success managers and customer success operations, which by the way, are not always called customer success. Sometimes they have different names and sometimes they are called customer success, but they're really more sales organizations or inside sales or, or expansion sales, land and expand, but whatever it is, People come into the product, they use it. At some point, they're going to need additional guidance, additional help. And maybe it's based on what their characteristics are as, as a customer. We would say, oh, this company has 10,000 employees. Three of them are using our product. We're going to reach out 
make sure they, they have everything they need so we can get the rest yeah. of those 10,000 employees in here. Oh. And so we've just seen a lot of movement around this. But again, when you when PLG comes up, people think all I have to do is have a great product and we're good to go. And again, that's just not that's just not the case. And you have to have a good product. Of course. Ideally, your product is designed to acquire customers. It is designed yes. for customers to be successful and it is designed for virality. And so something mm. like Loom is a mm. perfect example because if you simply use Loom to do what you need to do, which is mm. create an async video, probably usually a short video, and it's something that I'm instead of having a meeting, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, I'm just gonna record this video and send it to my customer. If you simply use their product correctly, then somebody else has been introduced to their product, to to, to Loom. Yeah. So if I send you a Loom video, you now know what Loom is just by me using it. So you say, oh, that's fantastic. That's mm. product-led growth. That's that viral aspect of yeah. it that, that we want. But at some point, I may have a bunch of people in my company that would like to use Loom. I may need to have a better understanding of how to structure things so that maybe I have some internal looms and some external looms. And now I'm, I'm starting to need more from this product that the product itself can't just deliver on. Mm. So I need some somebody to help me. And that's where customer success managers come in and they can help yep. me understand all of the different ways that I could use async video to make my operation more efficient to... We talk about capacity planning and efficiency and right. Loom has been used extensively in customer mm. success to offload what we would normally do in a synchronous meeting with customers. We yeah. offload some of that stuff to async and, and Loom is one of the, the go-to products there. But behind the scenes, they have a pretty sizable customer success management operation. And now that they've been acquired by Atlassian, they have, mm. they're part of a massive customer success management operation. And I just think yeah. it's very easy to fall into the trap of Product-led just means good product. And so now that's table stakes. Yeah. It has to have, you have to have a good product, but you have to have everything else behind it. And we see that with Calendly. We were just talking before we started. Calendly something yeah. a lot of people, probably everybody uses. Mm. And if you didn't know, you might think it's just this app. It just exists. But they have a pretty sizable customer success management operation. Aha. Uh -huh. Described themselves as being... Not product-led growth, but email-led growth, actually, because of the fact that their CSMs communicate with their customers so much via email. This is really interesting yeah. when you, again, all you have to do is just go one step below the surface and that it's not just product-led. But when we're thinking about this, we're like, okay, it's product-led customer acquisition followed by customer success management as a way to make it successful, make the customer successful, mm. grow the company. So it's product-led, product-first. But mm. you brought up a really great point before we started yeah. that the PLG is also having an effect on those companies who are not product first. Right. I think an important point here. First of all, I think some companies that, that read in on PLG and saw that coming and they jumped on it. And I heard even stories where people removed the customer success team and went all for product led. I don't know how that turned out. I suspect it could have had some issues there. But I think also what product-led for sure has done is that with everyone who uh, was not product-led from the start, the bar has been raised <clears throat> for what's been expected for from a user of a, even a kind quite complex uh, business application. I think it's 
I, I think we should debunk this either or myth that you either are your PLG and you don't have any people that involved at all. It's just a product basically, uh, or that you are all customer success. And uh, uh, basically, if you have to uh, adopt the custom field, you need to call your customer success manager. I think those are the extremes. And I think it's going to become it's table stakes to have a really easy to use type of application. But it's also key to have real good customer success management. So I think that's something I think more and more companies are, are like realizing this through this evolution of product-led growth that's been, I think, great in many cases for the industry in, in, in general, but also some, it's also some like a trend that people jump onto a little bit too quickly maybe or forget about these other things as well. Exactly. So I think just to be clear that the trend that we see is product-led acquisition yeah. followed by customer success-led growth. I think that's the trend we see. But or we, we see more product-led growth acquisition motion. Trend we hope we see is that plus customer success-driven growth behind, behind the scenes. But I do think we're going to see more product-first acquisition. I think yeah. that's definitely going to happen. With that, we'll see some companies have the misstep of saying, we don't need customer success anymore, and that's going to be an issue. So Yeah, a learning curve. Yeah. Yeah. No, but so that's on PLG, another trend we talked about now. Let's get into, I think what's really interesting is to talk about customer success as a profession, as a, um, yeah, I think like a part of the organization and also the positioning of customer success and what's going on there. As a parallel, I think what we could start just what do I see a lot on LinkedIn now is I think sales probably has been more active. Sales have been more active on building their own their own page or their own profile or their own basically position as an individual. You work for a co company, but you are a professional sales representative, building your reputation as an account executive. So I think sales has, is, is, has been doing this for quite a while, but I see now more and more customer success leaders, customer success managers also uh, realizing how important the, the personal brand is. Even if you work for a company, even if you work uh, in a specific industry, um, you are a person and uh, there's a lot of value to, to build your own brand. For sure. I think the fact that it's something we've seen in sales for a long time makes sense. Salespeople promoting themselves. Shocker. Right. But I think it's interesting if you break it down, you start looking at it, you're like, wait, this person seems to be just saying that they're a really good salesperson. They're not positioning themselves necessarily as an expert in the product that they sell. They're not yeah. positioning themselves as an expert in the, the industry that the product serves. They're just saying, I'm a really good salesperson and here's why. Mm. They'll share content about how to be more effective at sales and they'll mm. talk about their journey and all that stuff. And it, it's, that's interesting. Why would mm. you do that? How is mm. that effective? How is that helping? I think people will actually maybe gravitate to the salesperson that they think is a good salesperson. Now, we talked about this before we went live. It's also possible that could have a, a negative effect, I would think, from a sales standpoint. Like, if they're too good, you might be like, eh, I don't yeah. want to buy from this person because they're probably going <laughs> to, exactly. they're going to out negotiate me or whatever. Yeah. But if you're a customer success person, you can learn from that and say, okay, yeah. Could I 
what if I positioned myself as just a really good customer success professional? Um, right. Not necessarily as an expert in my product or not an expert in, in the industry that my product serves, but just I am a, a really good customer success person. You don't have to say it exactly like that. But you basically put yourself out there. You share content. You share your ideas. Yeah. And look, here's the thing. If you're good at what you do, you should be sharing about what you do. Yeah. Because there are a lot of people right now who don't know what they're doing that are sharing about what they do. So think about that. You're yeah. sitting here thinking, oh, wink, I, wink, sales. Yeah, exactly. Although I see that I see this in customer success as well. Of course, yeah. nobody that listens to this pod would ever do this. There, there are people that are positioning themselves as great CSMs or great customer success leaders mm. who it's just clear that they're not. It's just clear that they don't know what they're doing. And right. So all I'm, I'm not going to tear them down, but I do want to build you up. If you yes. know what you're doing, you yes. should be sharing that. So don't yes. worry about those people that don't know what they're doing that are sharing, but don't sit here and overthink mm. and talk yourself out of sharing what you actually do know. So make sure you're putting yourself out there. You don't have to even be a thought leader. You can just be good at your job right. and share your lessons learned. And I think that's the the great thing. And do it in a way that matches you. So of course. if you write long form content, like you write long mm. blog posts, then do that. Is that the kind of thing that's going to go viral on TikTok? No. Yeah. But who cares? Somebody who does go viral on TikTok might mention your blog post <laughs> and you'll get traction that way. The bottom line is make sure you're sharing what you know because it, it, it will help your peers. It will help mm. position you as an expert and it will help you in your career and it might even help your customers who see you now as an expert. They, oh, oh yeah. Just like we were talking about the salesperson that positions himself as the best salesperson. You say, right. I want to buy, I want to buy from that person. Well, yeah. except you could have that. It could backfire. Like we said, and be like, I don't want to yeah. buy from that person. I don't think any customer is going to say that CSM has positioned themselves as too good at being a CSM. I don't want to work with them. I don't think that's going to happen. It's going to be like too good at helping me achieve my goals. Oh, my God. I really don't want to achieve my goals that, that bad. That, I'm going to avoid that, this person. So I, I just exactly, don't I think. I don't see any downside. Though I would say, as, as we know from all the trainings and all the sessions we have with customer success managers, one of the main challenges, I would say, is customer success managers having a hard time reaching out to C-level getting time with decision makers, being ghosted, and all that comes down to positioning. Mm -hmm. And here you have a way to position yourself as top-notch in your field, top-notch as a customer success manager. What a way to, to speed up that process and help, help yourself, basically. So I think that's, there's a lot to be done there. And I think this is, we see this more and more happening, but I think this will increase a lot. And you can position yourself an expert customer success, but you can also do more with your domain, whether you're in, in, in a fintech environment or a property tech environment or in sales tech or in marketing or whatever the area is, you can be both a domain expert uh, and an expert within the area of customer success, and that will help your positioning uh, significantly. If you're putting, your, you're putting out content on on customer success experience or best practices or something, or you're putting it out there on, on something, like you said, domain specific. Mm. And 
your customer has an issue and you can say, well, here's an article I wrote. And right there, that's, oh, that's an, oh, that's an article you wrote. Um, yeah. There's something to that. Like, it's not just a help desk or it's not just a help center article or something. This is like something that's out there. And maybe if it's on a third party site, it's even better. Mm. Or you write something, you create a piece of content that, that speaks to something that that C-level executive would resonate with. You're talking mm. about high-level KPIs or whatever. And that gets forwarded to them or you send it to your point of contact and you say, I think your CEO would benefit from this. Yeah. And now that C-level executive that's consuming your content now sees you, the CSM, differently. Mm. Yeah. You've just been elevated exactly. because you're speaking their language and you're putting out something that really resonates with them. There's a lot of benefit to this even within just, let's say, your confined ecosystem. So we're not exactly. even talking about putting this out there for the greater, like for people to find you on Google or whatever. Just for your customers, this could be super beneficial. So put those things out there. I said, but you're going to sit there and overthink and, and get in your own way. I know how CSMs are. Rash generalizations, notwithstanding, I know a tendency for CSMs is to get in their own way and not promote themselves. And I know this because at Impact Academy, we have thousands of people come through the training and very few share their certificates with their bosses. I'm not mm. even talking about posting those on LinkedIn. That's fantastic. Right. And of course, it helps us. Mm. They don't even share their accomplishments inside their company. Mm. Think about that. So it's amazing how often customer success professionals will get in the way of their own professional development. And I hate to see that. I'm telling you. You got to promote yourself. Nobody else will. So I see it as a trend yes. in, in 2024. The need to do that, I think, is the trend. I hope yes. that more people will do that. Because the other, the opposite side of that is if you don't do that or if you stop doing it, like it's really easy to get swallowed up by the noise. And some of that noise is other people saying how good they are mm -hmm. when you're as good or better. And if you're not, you're not out there promoting yourself, it's going to be, it's going to be a problem. So just make sure that you're doing that. You're good. You're good at what you do. So people need to know that. Perfect. I think that's exactly it. So that's a clear trend we see going stronger. Uh, customer success managers, customer success, basically being more of a mini marketeer for themselves, positioning themselves better. Um, and I think that's a great way to avoid this scenario when you're being ghosted and we, and you don't get through to your main stakeholders, because that's, as we know, that's a key thing to get going with the customers. So see it as a means to an end to do these, uh, posts and update your profile and, and share content. Basically, I think it's a huge thing and it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna take off next year. All right, heading into the last but not least, I think a trend, we talked about this, we mentioned Loom, we talk a lot about Itsync communication, and I think we see things happening there that's going to bring that to the next level. But maybe just to start off with, what do we mean with async? So if you think about just a meeting with a customer, that's synchronous, right? You and your customer have to be there at the same time. Yeah. We talk about meetings a lot on this pod. We talk about it a lot in Impact Academy. We talk about it a lot in customer success because meetings with our customer are like the most expensive thing that we do because it's it just it takes time. And time yeah. there's a there's a, a cost to our time. And I can only do this with one customer at a time. So it's just mm. it's the most expensive thing we do. 
in addition to just the actual cost of the meeting, mm. the fact is, and in, in what cost is the time, is the fact that it, it takes time. So right. if we have a one-hour meeting with a customer, that's one mm. hour that we can't do anything else with. Mm. And you say, what? but you, that was an hour well spent. You spent it with your customer. Mm. What's mm. the problem? The problem is, was it an hour well spent mm. or was it an hour spent? And right. what we find is very often it was just an hour spent. We probably could have done some of that work that was done on that call asynchronously. Mm. If the meeting is, is synchronous, we could have done some things offline or the customer could have done some things on their own. Yep. An example would be, I went over a report with the customer on the call. Did I need to do that live on the call? Or could I have pulled the report, created a loom where I go through mm. some of the key findings, sent mm. them the report, sent them the loom and said, let me know mm. if you have any questions or we can address any questions you have on the call. Okay. Yeah. So then when you get on the call, what you're doing is doing the things that require synchronous engagement, but you're not doing the thing that they could have done on their own, which is re review your video and look over the report themselves. And so yeah. now you could take in a one hour meeting, mm. maybe take 15 minutes of that, that you would have used to go over that, that recording and carve that out. Now you have a 45 minute meeting yeah. or you still have a one hour meeting, but now you can replace that 15 minutes that was going over that thing with something more valuable. Most of the time though, we can just leave it at 45 minutes, but you do that with four meetings. You just bought yourself an hour. Yeah. And so we look for ways to eke out efficiencies in meetings. And it's usually in things that could be done asynchronously. And so we say async video in, in Loom is an example of that. There are other platforms. Yep. Basically, it's just, I'm going to record a video for you. And I'm either going to record a video just for you. Mm. So I'm going to speak to Johan and I'm going to say, Johan, here's mm. this report that I pulled for you. Or I've created a generic video that I'm not going to say Johan's name. I'm just going to say, hey, you were talking about needing to do this thing. I created a video for you where I show you how to do that in the product. Let me, let's go in here and take a look. So I, that's a video I can share with all my customers if yeah. they have this, this same issue. Async video, but really any sort of communication that's going to happen, not in real time. And, like and you could also consuming say- Consuming this pod is also exactly. async. So we're recording this live. You and I mm. are in yep. different places. Mm. This is synchronous. Yes. The listener is mm. listening to this on, the, on their time. Yep. That's async. So exactly, exactly. That's a great example. Exactly. So from our standpoint as the customer success manager, we can create efficiency for ourselves by having async, helping prepare for the meeting, shortening the time of the meeting or make, making the meeting more efficient. But it's also ha things happening on the customer side here where basically this async type of communication makes their uh, experience different. And it also makes the inter interactions with us uh, uh, as a vendor, as a customer success team uh, is changing as well. We're basically, uh, as you are now listening to this pod, maybe on the treadmill, maybe in the morning, maybe in the evening, and maybe commuting, maybe wherever you are, uh, the same thing is happening on the customer side. They will basically take their time when it suits them, basically. The appropriate experience, we talk a lot about that. It's becoming like this 24-7 type of experience now with this async, where the customer can adopt their work, their interaction, their job 
based on their own schedule. And it can be any time, basically. And I think that's, this is also opening up for a lot more, I think, efficiency and also collaboration. And it's a new world, in, in a sense, with the technology and these, where we create efficiency on our side, but it also make, creates efficiency for our users, for our customers as well. I think this is a great example of what we would call an, a latent AX, which is if your customer, if you asked your customer, would, would you want to consume this, I don't know, me going through a report on your, on your way to work on the subway? It, they, they might not tell you that. Or, or if you say, how would you like to consume this report? They would say, watch, I'll go over it with you when I get to work. Okay, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. But the fact that you make it available to them mm -hmm. whenever... Yes. All of a the sudden, they're like, oh, I can use my commute to, to go over or to go through this report mm. basically with my CSM because they're narrating this report. So I can use yep. that time. So customers couldn't necessarily tell us that's what they wanted. But now that, that that's available, it's, oh, that's definitely what I want. So that's amazing. We're opening yes. up new experiences for our customers. And those experiences are now what's becoming their appropriate experience. The downside to this is if a customer is consuming an async video at 11 o'clock at night, 2300 to some people, they're consuming it really late at night and they go into the, go into the chat and they message their CSM and, and the CSM isn't there and they get upset because there's an expectation that somebody's going to be there for them. That's a problem. Now, I don't think any reasonable people wouldn't have the expectation that a CSM is going to be available 24-7, but I wouldn't count on that. Right. So I would make sure that you properly manage expectations. As long as yeah. expectations are properly managed, customers understand that when you consume this sort of outside the, the work hours for the yes. CSM, that you're not going to have access to somebody to answer questions. That's fine. But mm. it's where, just like so many of the things we've talked about on the, in, in these you know, upcoming trends is like, if you just manage expectations, or if you make sure that everything is structured well, you'll, this will be great. This will be a, a trend in your favor. But if exactly. you don't, it could actually backfire. It could, have a, it could be a problem. So just something right. to think about. But yeah, if you make sure everything's structured right and, and you're letting your customer know what to expect so you're not invoking the surprises and the unknowns aspect yeah. of the three things that they hate, then you'll be in a much better place. Great put, Lincoln. All right, so that's a wrap. That, those are the trends uh, for 2024. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of this pod and see you soon. And don't forget to send in your questions. We need more questions coming up for next year. We have a backlog, but uh, we need more. So we want to hear from you. All the best. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening. Do you want to bring your customer success to the next level? Check out Impact Academy. We have training programs for customer success managers and for leaders in customer success.